Ireland. The lovely Jerry Maguire from JerryMaguire.com is with us. Morning. Good morning, Francis. What's the crack? The crack is good. Everything is fine. Uh, it's a lovely day. And I'm looking at my uh, really menu for the rest of the day in terms of my food. I know that I'm going to continue to conquer this challenge of getting this old stone off. I'll get out and about and I'll get some exercise and I'll be up in the hills. And, you know, I'm just, I've got the whole plan in place. And this is relevant to what you're talking about because you believe that um, what you eat can uh, basically affect how you feel. Well, we all have uh, a kind of a, a love story with food. Um, do you have a food love story, Frank? If, I don't know if it's a food love story, but I know what makes me feel really good and I don't want to think about it because I'm trying to stay well away from it. You know, I would be happy to spend the rest of my life in a vat of ice cream, but I can't do that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I just had a visual there. <laughs> of I know. you in a vat of ice cream. Which Maud wouldn't be happy with. <laughs> but, you know, I could. I If I'm going to fall into something, I want it to be a, a vat of honey ice cream but that that's so that's my you know I could re- I, I yeah. could eat it I could, I could lick it off myself I'd enjoy it that much so uh, you know I, that's my only love story with food well the reason that you would want to do that is because of the the dopamine hit that you get off sugar off ice cream um uh, unfortunately, nutritionally, it's not very dense. But yes, we all we all want that um, that hit. It's the hit that you get off food, uh, like ice cream. That um, it, you know, it really does. It activates in the brain and it makes you feel good. So why wouldn't you want it? Absolutely. And if if I could go back, if I could go back in time and revisit certain things, my mother's apple tarts. I could go back and eat them forever. Also, the way she made chips. No one was able to make chips mm-hmm. the way my mother could mm-hmm. make chips. And, you know, she, at this moment in time, it's more us making stuff for her than her making stuff for us. So we, we're, I'm not in a position whereby I can go and say, Ma, I want the chips she used to make. But well, my th- goodness me, you talk about a food love story. That is a food love yeah, story. and that's exactly what it is. And, and we all have those. I have my, my Nanny Maguire used to make a big plate of chips. And she used to look after us when my parents were working in the shop. And no one could make chips like my grandmother. So if no one can make chips like my grandmother and no one can make chips like your mother... Is it the chips or is it actually the connection? Now, there's no doubt that the chips were good, but it's our association, our mind association with love. And, you know, when I work with people who want to lose weight, this is one of the things that we do. We we unpack this and we separate. Essentially, food is nutrition. Essentially, food is fuel. But it's the way the mind connects uh, the emotions that are attached. So, um, you know, if you spend time in the kitchen with your mum and maybe the rest of the time she was busy, but the only time she paid attention to you was when you were in the kitchen, you could have an association, an emotional association with food that causes you to overeat. So, you know, the whole thing about this is, is awareness. If you know this, if you actually know this, you know... Uh, then you are on your way to changing. You know, so many people that come to me and they, they want to lose weight and they think it's all about the weight. And it's not about the weight. It's not about the food. It's about the emotions that are attached to it. And when you, we all know what to do. We all know the right thing to do. So why do we not do it? It's because of the emotions that are attached. So, um, 
I was thinking about this morning. And I, did you have your porridge this morning? Well, you see, yes. And again, I go back to my mother because that was something mm-hmm. she introduced me my to years porridge, ago was yeah. really good porridge. And as a result, like my mother went through her whole life slim and trim. And I, if I had followed her routine and had followed her guidance, I would have been slimmer and trimmer because she, she never over ate. She always, always chewed her food. She always emphasized the chewing of your food. You chew your food and you chew it again and you chew it a third time. You continue to chew your food. She she was also very you know, fussy about people eating the back of their mouths, not at the front of their mouths. She was uh, her etiquette was just supreme. Yeah. Yeah. And and all of those things I picked up as a result of I suppose good parenting. Yes, yes. But I if I was an overeater, it was my own fault for when I went to you know, St. Coleman's in Newry, yeah, yeah. and there was a tuck shop. Yes. And I spent far too much time and money in the tuck shop. And that's when I became a sort of a, a, bit, a bit chubbier than I needed to be. And I've been trying to shake that off ever since. So it's the, so, you know, we could go there and it's the connection and why, you know, why did the, I mean, I went to boarding school and I used food as well because I associated chocolate with, um, you know, reward or companionship. We were really, they were really strict and we were, it was controlled what we ate, how we ate. We had to have permission to, you know, when we finished eating, we had to get permission to put the plate away. So you had to check that it was all eaten. So there were all kinds of things like that. So those associations that we all have for different reasons are the things that are driving. So if, if you want to, you know, drop weight or become more healthy, this is the place to go. This is go to the emotions, go to the emotional association. The mind has linked something in the tuck shop. Um, maybe you were, maybe it was a nervous time and you were anxious and you, you know, you went to the tuck shop and you felt a bit better and then the mind associates Just to help me get through the day, I would have happily left school at 13, you know there's just... (laughs) But then uh, I discovered the football team in the school and that was the other side of it where you got loads of training, loads of exercise and loads of happiness and and there was a feel good the feel good factor but there's no getting away from the concept of comfort eating and people do comfort eat so how, how, how do we kick that? How do we use your expertise to kick that? Well, we'll actually just tune into your mother's expertise because what your mother was doing was conscious eating. She was eating mindfully. That's what I was going to talk about this morning. You know, the solution to it is mindful eating. Um, you know, putting down your knife and fork between um, bites. Because when you think about it, um, that's what I was going to ask you, you know, this morning when you had your porridge, did you sit quietly and, you know, had the phone turned off? Were you consciously eating the porridge or were you standing at the counter and just shoveling it in because you're late, because you're going on? Um, which... Where, no, where? I always take seven or eight minutes out to enjoy my mm-hmm. breakfast. I never rush it. I, that's that's. It's a, probably it's because your mum. It's a pleasure of the morning. Yeah, it, it's probably because of that connection where you learned how to do it. The, we learn habits. We, you know, so if you've got habits, you know, look and see where you learn them, and you can actually unlearn them. My family keep me going to this day. That you know, I would find it very difficult to bite into a bun. If I was going to eat a bun, I never bite it. I never bite a bun, and they laugh at me. What do you do, sniff it? I cut it up. Oh, I cut it into, like a bun would be cut into maybe four pieces or it might even be six. Like you would cut a cake? Yes, yes, because we were, uh, biting is very bad manners. 
that's what I was trained. This is training when I was in school, when I was at the boarding school with the nuns, we were we would have been we would have been chastised. We would have been punished for um, biting and you never bite bread. You never ever you never um this is what I learnt now. When you um if you have a piece of bread on your plate and you take the butter from the butter dish that's on the table and you put it on the side of your plate and you only take enough butter to cut one piece of the bread and butter that. If you butter the whole slice of bread, that's bad manners. So you only butter what you need to eat. You cut it, then you cut it again and that's the way I could do that right now. I could go into that trance right now and be sitting in um, in the um, refectory in St. Louis uh, doing that because that's what I was trained to do. So um, awareness is everything. So if you have um, if you have bad habits, if you have habits that don't suit you, if you have habits that don't suit you, step one, slow down. You know, find the sweets spot. Become aware. Certainly enjoy your food but take time to enjoy your food. A lot of the time when if you're running, if you're rushing when you're eating, the message hasn't even got to your brain that from your stomach to your brain that you're you're full. So you continue on eating and then you might feel sick later. So it's really about um, the challenge of maintaining healthy weight is where this journey begins. Find the sweet spot for loving our food, enjoying our food and eating healthily. And we do this by eating mindfully. So um, how do you do that? Um, you do what your mum did. You slow down, um, you become aware, you put your knife and fork down between uh, bites, turn the phone off, you know, give your full attention to your food. Okay, it's a practice that involves cultivating heightened awareness and presence during the meals, okay? So enjoy the sensory experience of eating, including the taste, the texture, the aroma of the food, and recognising and responding to hunger and fullness cues. Really start to pay attention to it. Am I full? You know, and, you know, knowing that when you know that if you eat chocolate, you can eat some of it, yeah, okay. But all the, what's going to happen in your brain is that you're going to get a dopamine hit. Okay, it's not going to satisfy you nutritionally at all. You're going to feel better for a moment or two, and then I want you to practice playing your mind past that moment, because when you have a bigger goal, says she, holding up Frank's picture of him with his stone off. When you have a bigger goal, you can pay attention to that, and when you pay attention to that and have a vision of what you want in your life. You see, that's why I keep reminding you of it about your, you know, I'll just keep, I'll be your accountability partner where I remind you of what your goal is and how you're going to feel when you do look like David Beckham. Yeah, this is a photograph of my head on David Beckham's body that you keep showing me that I can be like yes. this. I'll never have his good looks, but I can have his body. Oh, Frank, you're lovely. Don't, so, be, don't be running yourself have, down Having like said that. that, I am <laughs> never going to get into that sort of shape, but I will lose some weight if I continue to be as positive in relation to my approach to food well, you're, well, as you're, you're describing. You're choosing not to then, because you could get into that shape if you wanted to. I can't get into the shape of David Beckham. You could, you could if you want if you set a goal now and you said, I am going to, you know, get fit, you could go to CrossFit. CrossFit is a 
amazing. You could go to CrossFit, you could you could hire a personal trainer, or you could do whatever, you, but you could focus on it. You could set the goal. If I went to CrossFit, I'd miss six weeks off work with a bad back. No, you, that's you know, all that's, in your head. That's an excuse. I used to be fit. Like I could play football, and I go. Uh, I, I played both Casement and Windsor, as we heard earlier in this program. But you, now, I now I, I I can't do anything beyond walking. I, you know, if I, I if I, I, I jog, I pull pull my calf muscles. I love riding the bicycle, but I and I love walking, but I I can't even jog. Why not? Because the calf muscles are just, you know, they were they were so finely tuned for being uh, Elling Holland type goal scorer that they're they're knackered. You're like one of those those resources. Well, I really do, and honestly believe that I would say at least seventy five percent of that is in your mind. Now, I'm not I'm not a doctor, but I know from my anecdotally from the experiences that I have had with people who believe certain things that limit them, that when they change that and when they start to affirm, you're actually affirming that you can't do that. See, people think affirmations are, you know, positive affirmations, but everything's an affirmation. So if you say I can't that's an affirmation. You are sending a message to your brain that you can't do it. You're confirming the fact that you can't even jog. You can't even run. So um, what I suggest you do is, if you want to, but you clearly don't really want to, do you? I mean, there's a difference between wanting to and being committed. You know, there's a difference between, you know, fancying someone and then dating them and then saying you're the one I want to be with the rest of my life there's a level of commitment there so where are you are you are you flirting or are you fancying or are you committed where are you on the spectrum well I'm certainly I'm certainly fancying losing a bit of weight I, I'm not for a moment even flirting with having a body like David Beckham I would love to be a stone lighter uh, but I don't feel that going through the likes of CrossFit or getting involved with the gym or becoming a member of the football team again is the right way to do it because that's going to injure me whereas I think healthy walking in the hills riding the bicycle pushing back from the table those things are okay well that, that's that's within that's where your scope is in your mind, you, you really think that, and and that's you can't. All I'm saying is that if there's someone out there who wants more, you can have more. You absolutely, you know, you're amazing. You're incredible. You, you know, we have not even tapped into, you know, one quarter of our potential, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about give it a go. If there's something that you know you're listening to this, and there's something that you have wanted to do, and you know you've stopped yourself from doing it, if if you want to. Change Change your physical shape. I don't even like saying lose weight. I was a, you know, I was a victim of all those um, limiting mindsets around uh, weight. Um, we're not talking about losing weight. We're talking about living healthily. You know that that's what we're talking about. So your call to action is build a more positive relationship with food. Eat more slowly, not rushing your meals. Chew thoroughly, like your mum said. Eliminating eliminating distractions. For example, turn off the TV and put the phone down. Eat. Do one thing, eat. Stop eating when you're full and ask yourself, why am I eating this? So pick one meal a day and focus on that. And the affirmation of the week is, I honour my body with mindful choices. 
I honour my body. I honour my body with <laughs> mindful <laughs> choices. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> the key to a joyful life is found in the balance of healthy mind, body and soul, Frank Mitchell. Healthy mind, body and soul. The Gospel according to Dirty Maguire. There Thank you, you go. Thank you very Here. much indeed. <laughs> Find out more at dirtymaguire.com. You want no fire.